thank you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast. John Russell's Art Caterers and Milltown Pies, who offer fantastic catering services. Alexander Grace Law, who provide modern and client-led legal services. And SBE Furnishings, who offer high-quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices. Cheers, I've just had to explain what the, what Ruskies means. <laughs> You're joking. Cheers, no. I don't know. I, yeah. I said to Joe, I, I don't know, I wasn't part of the Cold War. I really don't think you needed to be to, to understand what that is. If someone said to you in in a pub in um, Eastern Europe, the Ruskies are coming to get you, what would you do? I don't know. I thought you misspelt Rusty. <laughs> I'm not sure he could hack it. <laughs> no. Gentlemen, welcome to the house gas. It's wet and rainy outside, but we believe there is light at the end of the tunnel. The fixtures are out, and we're all looking forward to lockdown being eased, getting towards the cricket season, and starting to get some some normality and some belief back into all this. So tonight's guest is a, a fantastic servant of Law House. Everyone knows who he is. He's a really Great individual, and hopefully we'll have loads of good memories to chat about. But before we go on to the guest, just welcome the co-host back. Uh, we've got myself, obviously Jez, um, ex-player from Laura House, and loving doing these, it's great. We've also got the two Joes. So we'll go out, first of all, to Joe Martin again. Joe, I've, I'm not sure you've even combed your hair since first lockdown. What's going on there? I mean, it, I, my hair hasn't been cut since October, and depending on the temperature in the house it, it can be anything from kind of Diana Ross like to the Jacksons so it's down to the temperature down to down to temperature and humidity anyway Dooch how about Hello. yourself you uh, is it, are the golf courses open or not no they're closed the golf course are closed the driving ranges are closed oh, no God. golf whatsoever cracky what will you be up to you will be climbing the walls yeah um, podcast editing, I've been doing a bit of that. Yeah, seen that. That's great. Taking uh, taking any uh, libelous comments out of uh, our, our podcasts. <laughs> that's it, really, Jez. Yeah. No, TV TV's taking an hammering. That's yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's good, but it's great to have you both on, and we can have a laugh. It's like we've said, it's like being sat at the end of the bar having a good old giggle. So we'll move on tonight's uh, tonight's guest. This individual has been a key member in most parts of things that are going on down the cricket club. He's massive into the social scene. He's helped out massively with the cricket side of it in various various elements. He's always down there. In fact, sometimes you think there's about six of him because he seems to be everywhere you end up going. He's a great individual. Can I introduce you all to our one and only Stuart Gaynor? Hiya, Stuart. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, thank you. Oh, that's great. It's great to see you, Stu. We haven't seen you for probably 12 months now. How's it been for you? Are you, are you still working? How's it going through lockdown? Yeah. Well, yeah, because being uh, working in the supermarket, I've not, I've not really stopped. Right, OK. I've been, look, I've been lucky. You've enjoyed doing that? You've enjoyed carrying on? Yeah, no, it's been good. Plenty of uh, plenty of work there. Oh, that's good. And all credit to you. That's, you know, those, that is the role that needs to keep going to keep us... Uh, you know, it's all going. So when we asked you to come on the podcast, what were your initial thoughts? I know you've been listening to them. Are you enjoying them? Yeah, they've been fan- they've been fantastic. Yeah, no, oh, that's good. Sorry, Jez, have you got a favourite so far? Uh, overall, I'd say either the Frankie ones or the Corbus ones. Right, very good. Yeah, they were. I mean, the the I was you know the Corbus one was fantastic for for listening to. And getting an insight into what happened, you know, during that period, and you know, Frankie's just daft as a brush, but you know, what great servant he's been to the club. So it, uh, no, thanks for that, Stu, and I really appreciate you coming on. Before we move on, I just want to get a bit of background and a bit of history. You know, when I was 
you know, still playing. And even, you know, when I was even quite a bit younger, I remember you down at the club, you know, your dad was playing, you know, your dad was a good cricketer, a good left-hander, could, you know, could smack it a long way and was, you know, very into Law House and, and helping out. What were your early memories? When did you first come down to the club? And just tell us a few tales about when you first came down. Uh, so, yeah, first, I first remember coming down in 1993. For some reason, I can always remember it being sunny. I don't know why. First proper memory I've got is uh, actually breaking my collarbone. Really? What um, happened? I fell off the, uh, fell off the, st- the uh, steps outside the changing room. Or what, West End room. Really? So, go on. Well, you, I, I hope you haven't taken any lager in. No, no. Oh, <laughs> only <what> seven. <laughs> So, so the steps as they are now, the concrete steps, you fell off there? Yeah. I can't remember that. What, what, what happened? Go on, tell us what happened and where you ended I up. Just, I think I was just messing about, didn't uh, see what, what I was uh, doing. And yeah. Fell on, fell on to uh, concrete driveway. Oh, my God. Good job you didn't hit your head. No. That's good. So you're seven-year-old then. Uh, what about the cricket? Who would have been the pro around then? And what was the, the team like? What memories have you got around that? Um, well, at that time, my dad was in the seconds. So I'll be mainly watching him. OK. I think so. I, don't really, I didn't really see too much of the first at that point. Right. So who would have been in the seconds then? Who can you remember watching? Uh, 93, 94 would have been yeah, my dad, Shez, Ryan... Heskiff, maybe. Yeah. Terry Small. Right, yeah. Uh, maybe Ted Whittle. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Some good characters there. Definitely. So what can you remember around some of those games and, you know, any any significant scores or, or funny things that went on, even though you were only seven? Uh, well, there was a, I think it was a weird game at Enfield. Yeah, my dad was a... He'd got off to a good start, hitting it to all places. And he brought his 50 up with a big six. He put it, he put it through the uh, TV window just to put the tees out. I think the most annoyed, per- I think the most, most annoyed person about it was Rushdie. So he smashed a window at Enfield. I think we've heard, we've heard somebody else smashed a window at Enfield, haven't they? Yeah, Finch. Paddy. Well. Yeah, different Paddy reasons. Paddy got the blame for it. Paddy got the blame for it, yeah. I'm not stopping it. That. I hope Enfield don't listen to these. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the wind has gone through in the tea room, and it's interesting you say that, that uh, you know the most annoyed person there was, was Rusty, because there was probably some glass, because Rusty was always into his teas, weren't he, Stuart? Yeah, it's fair to say. Yeah, fair to say, he was always the, he was always the first there. So you're seven-year-old, as things progress, obviously... You're getting into your double figures and going to, you know, senior school, etc. When did you first start scoring down at the cricket club or be interested in scoring for us? Um, well, I think it was when my sister was actually scoring first, 1999. I, started that- doing, I did the tins first. Right. Yeah, Nicola. Yeah, because she, she took over from Laura Wren. I remember that. Right, so go and tell us some stories around that. I forgot Nicola had done that. Yeah, it's just like... Constantly banging my head on the uh, on the tin because it's a death trap in there. <laughs> so your sister's doing the book, yeah, and you're going in uh, doing the tins. You must have some some stories about anything that went on there or any of the games that you can remember. I'm not really sure to be honest. I think she probably she probably told me ended up telling me off a few times. Right, yeah. Was yeah. Nicola doing the was she doing the first team or was she following? Was she doing the oh. seconds because your dad was playing? Um, I think she did do some of the first as well. Yeah, yeah. I think she did. Yeah, I think she. I think she did the first when I started doing the seconds. Yeah, right. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, because I forgot Laura had done the uh, done the book before that for the first team. Yeah, you know, so that just shows all the the effort that's gone in and all the family camaraderie that we talk about. So you're then. Are you? Would you have been ten or eleven? You think then, Stu? 13, I think, when I started doing the tins. Right, so you're 13 when you're doing the tins and dropping them out the window on people's heads, no day. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I think you have dropped a few numbers, haven't you? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. No, I bet. I bet. Have they landed on anyone? Uh, not quite. Well, I think we've had a few near, definitely had a few near misses. Right, brilliant. So then you take up on the the second team. So you're now 13. What are the players changed much in uh, from when you were seven? Yeah, well, yeah, Dooch was in the seconds, I think, then, a couple of games. Oh, uh, Yeah. You want to run out of ink with Dooch, Patrick? <laughs> 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 no, how, did, how, how did that go, Stuart? Not too bad. I think uh, I think Gav was still playing at that point as well. Right, OK. Any games, any any scores you can remember? Because they were all Chris and the Rugrats. He always, he was, Gav always seemed to be in single figures, opening <laughs> batting. <laughs> yeah, well, nothing changed that career. Did you do dots, Stuart, or did you not do dots? Um, not at first, no. I think there was, no, a, well, I think there was a, that was probably a good idea scoring <laughs> for Gav. Yeah, <laughs> I think there, yeah, there was a lot of them, but I started doing it, doing it properly. Yeah, I bet there were. So then you see, you're 13. Then you're you're obviously you know helping out massively with the second team. You're coming back. You know your dad's in and out the first team and the second team. So your dad would have been playing at that same time as well when you were scoring in the seconds. Yeah, I think he was. Um... In the thirds as well, captain yeah. Martin, captain. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. And then he played, you know, a few games in the first team as well. You know, had a good run on on one season that I remember. So, what what your memories as you were getting older then, from you know 13, 14, 15? What can you remember around you know being down at the cricket club? Well, certainly, when I remember us having some real laughs when it, games were you know raining and there were some games called off. Can you recall any of those? I think probably George. we used to play we used to play a bit of indoor cricket, didn't we, Stuart? Don't, oh, don't yeah. tell Stan, but we used to play a bit of cricket in, in uh, clubhouse, didn't we? You always used to get involved with that. Yeah, you you trying to get me out, and they never could. No, try. No. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember Stuart. You were sat with you know you'd be sit, sat with as many a time. Obviously, you were only a young lad, and and you had an absolute love of pop music, didn't you? Of the charts yeah. and else. Have you still got that passion now? Oh, definitely. Yeah, when uh, when there's no uh, pandemic, I love going. I love going to all the gigs. Yeah. So when you were younger, then you had a, a fantastic recall. You know, we we'd ask you questions and and you'd tell us who were number one in 1998 and and uh, and all those sort of things. So you, can you still recall stuff like that? Is is the old grey matter now? You're getting older. <laughs> no, no. There's uh, still plenty of uh, memory there. Really? That we're going like to have to test this, aren't we? We're going to have think, to test it. I knew I that was coming, Dooch. We once went through a, a rain break. We once went through like 30, 20 or 30 years of Christmas number ones with him. <laughs> really? I mean, we yeah. used to... Yeah. yeah that, we did, true. Stu, didn't we? Yeah, that's true, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Just say, like, Christmas number one, 1998, and it just, like... <laughs> People do that to me outside the club as well, Joe. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right, so you, if, if we fired some random years at you, would you be able to get them? I can, I can give them a go, yeah. <laughs> I'll get the list on my phone. You two shout the years out. We can, uh, well, I can take... I, I'll, I'll go with my 2003 Christmas number one. That was... No Googling, Stu. We can <laughs> see <laughs> you. I'm not Googling. <laughs> Oh no, it was a uh, Mad World. Mark Lounges and Gary Jules. He's correct. Go on, Jess, give us a year. 1991. 91, that was being in Rhapsody for the second time. <laughs> correct. <laughs> the second, brilliant. That, absolutely. When were the first times, Drew? 79, 1979. <laughs> no, you're wrong there, mate. Sorry. Oh. It, well, it wasn't a Christmas number one in 79. It might have been a number one in 79, right. but it okay. wasn't a Christmas number one in 79. Oh, brilliant. Right, I'll give you one. 93. Unfortunately, it was Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Superb, the, Stuart. Superb. For the listeners that are listening, this has not been set up. I did think of speaking to Stuart before. You know, we didn't embarrass him as he's got older. They forgot, but that was completely not set up. At one stage, when Joe, when Dooch accused him of Googling, Stuart had his arms in the end. Say, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Continue to answer right. 
Cracky Stuart, that is fantastic. That's uh, and I'm I'm guessing. I mean, when when we were playing and you were scoring, you know, you're in the first team. You'd be loving all that. But I'm guessing you love the the banter, you know, when we're in the bar and and being together. And it used to help us, you know, with the the mopping up and everything else. Have you any good stories around that, around what went on there? Probably just uh, Frank Entwistle being daft as a brush. Yeah, it's a good point. What can you remember around that? Because we've had a few stories about Frank. Well, look, this isn't after a game. This is a sportsman's dinner. Right. First of all, he was on our table. There was me and some of the younger players as well. I think it was maybe in 2006. We dared him to eat a, a full block of cheese and he did it. No way. Yeah. <laughs> He, he would also, at sportsman's dinners, I think I might have mentioned this before, but he would also eat packets of butter <laughs> with the foil yeah. still on. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. not right in his head. Absolute madness. We could do it, because on the podcast, we've, we've had loads of different stories from various people about, you know, drinking the um, the pint glass with the hot wa- hot soapy water with my whiskers in it. That mushroom at the back of the uh, groundsman's hut, which you know potentially could have killed him. I should have stopped him doing. Supping <laughs> a half pint of the um, of the mopping up water from the from the square after we mopped up after a rain affected game. Uh, but they're good memories to you, aren't they? The things that we've got that that no one can ever take. You've progressed. You've done the score in the second team. I think. You know, we're not going to kid anyone. You weren't the neatest scorer in the world, but <laughs> you were very reliable, and you were um, and you're always there, and you were great fun. And you know, you always, if there was ever a run to be missed, it was always off the opposition. And if there were ever a, the odd ball to be added, it was always on our score. So everyone's a winner. So you get promoted to the first team. Yeah. Tell us about that. What happened with your? Uh, with your early days and your debut? Yes, yeah, so I got uh, bumped up properly in 2004. Uh, Fultz was pro. Yeah. And that, end, but that ended quite quickly because I got mixed up with Chris Bembo. <laughs> 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 right, so Stan, so sent me, Stan, Stan sent me back to the second. <laughs> right, so Stuart, let's just, let's just have a real think about this and let's just try and work out what's going on here. So for anyone who's not a Lorax fan, Peter Fulton was at least six foot seven, two meter Peter, and Bembo was about five foot eight. Fultz had quite light coloured hair, and Bembo had jet black hair. So what happened there, Stuart? I just had an absolute brain fart and got gone the wrong way around. Get <laughs> a brain fart. Well, I presume you got a mixed up when they were batting, yeah? Yeah, not when the ball yeah. That would have been no. awful. Oh, I mean, getting a mix-up when they were batting, it ain't great. Considering one of them's pro and would have been batting at number three and other one's a slogger who comes in at number eight. Not when he first joined, Joe. And I oh, guess well, it weren't when Stuart was scoring anyway. <laughs> yeah, they were both right-handers. So, it's fair to say, so that's your first season. You've made one slight mistake and that toss pot Stan Eaton sacks you. <laughs> yep. Is that what like happened? Rap. So what did Stan say to you? No, he said, I'm giving you it seconds this week. And uh, <laughs> that was it for that season. Yeah. So, so another thing that's come up previously is who scored the Worsley Cup final. We didn't yeah. know between us. So if you, you got bombed, it wouldn't have been you. Can you remember who yeah. it was? Yeah, uh, Liam Donovan. Michael Donovan. Really? Liam Donovan? One of the Donovans, yeah. Wow. Right. Right. I, would, I would never have guessed that. No, I wouldn't. No, I, I mean, I maybe should have because they, they'd be cousins. They're unrelated to them, but I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be cousins' sons. But, uh, and I don't remember them doing it, you know, on other occasions. Um, whilst we're talking about dropping clangers, what happened when you went to the wrong ground once? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, not, this was not one of my father's moments. It was... Uh... <laughs> It was, a, it was a Friday T20. We were meant to be playing at uh, Todd. I was at Colne. <laughs> I thought we played at Colne. I was, to be fair, I was pretty young over that day. I'd been out the night before. 
And what happened when you got to Colm? Was there a game on at Colm? Uh, yeah, the, there were some youngsters practising. <laughs> Seeing that, Colm and Todd, they're not that far apart. <laughs> I'm just not sure I, it's just two grains further apart. Maybe they're all way there and everything. Not, not, got the bus from Paddy and Rose. Oh, cracky stew. Cracky stew, I don't know what you like. So anyway, so you've been, um, you've been axed in 2004. Um, how did your scoring career go on from there? Uh, so yeah, managed to do uh, a few games in 2005. Championship winning season? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. The, the, um, the T20 final that we got to, it hasn't yeah. done. We should have won that. What's your memories around that game then? Tell me about that game. I think it was uh, Mac. I think Mac had got a big score. Right. It, it, 99, I think. Yeah. yeah. Smashing it over the wall. You uh, you bowling that game, Joe? No, I didn't bowl in that game. Mm, maybe that's why we lost then. T- T20 specialist. Yeah, so subject that, Stuart. I mean, I looked at that scorecard the other... Um... Also, Stu, I've got the um, I've got that Enfield game up uh, from 2004. Fultz opened and got 93. So Tiffa Tiff got 93 and uh, put Fultz at three and got 24. Absolutely so, brilliant. So, so Fulton opened the batting and Tiffa batted at three? Yeah. Well, that's not too bad then, I suppose. Apart no. from the fact that there is a foot between them, foot <laughs> difference in height. <laughs> and one of, them's, one of them's from New Zealand. So just go, go back to this game at Aslingham, please, Stuart. Um, oh, do you have to? We batted, <laughs> we batted first, 196 for four. Yeah, Bulls, I thought we had it in the bag. Yeah. Bulls yeah. Nine, I th- and we sure. One ball to spare. So what happened there, Stuart? I think there might have been a fielding mistake. What happened? Maybe, I think there might have been an attempted run out in the, in the last over somewhere. I don't know if you can remember that, Joe. No, I don't remember that. I don't remember there being an attempted run out. I remember, I remember Johnny Russell diving over one at uh, on boundary edge, and uh, but the that game were already it. the game were pretty much already up by then. But it's obviously a sore point for uh, for Duke Stewart. Is there anything else you can remember about it? Uh, no, I think that's it from that one. Stewie, obviously, yeah. I've, I've done a bit of scoring, not as much as not as much as you have. Yeah, but you know, looking at that scorecard when you know the massive scores. That must have been a really tough game to score with, you know, the amount of runs scored and, you know, balls going everywhere and 2020 being sort of fast-paced. How it was dark you... as well, I think, from memory. Oh, all right. Mm. Um, how did, uh, can you remember how you found it, Stu, or, you know, what it was like? Um, yeah, so, yeah, towards the end, it got uh, pretty frantic. Right. <laughs> I tried to, tried to get it in the book and then see the next ball. It's not, uh, not the easiest of tasks. No. No, I can imagine. Should have tried captain in it, Stu. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a reason why you don't... I know we lost, Dooch, but is there a reason why you just... Why you don't... Yeah, I mean, it's just one of them games that you look back on and you think, we should have won that. And, you know, I I was at the helm. I was making the decisions. We should have won that game. And it did take me a little while to... Well, in fact... I still haven't got over it. I was going to say it took me a little while to get over it, but I still haven't. It, you know, we got 190 on batting first, and we should have we should have closed it out. It was the only defence I'm going to come up with in my in my own defence was it was the early days of T20, and we'd not played a lot of it, and I should have just used more bowlers, and I didn't. I stuck with the tried and tested, and just kept getting carted, and I didn't. I didn't. I should have bowled myself or some other part timer just to try and rake it up a bit, but I didn't, and we lost. Yeah, and just, you're looking at it. I can't remember. I can't remember the game. I don't know if I was there. I'd like to think I was. You know, but in your defence, Duke, you know, no one's gone for seventy, have they? You can only no, bowl four overs. Yeah, no, but it, if if you're getting two hundred, it's five. You know what I'm saying is there was no one really. You know, it's thirty-three Johnny Russell, thirty-seven Matt, forty-four Benmore, thirty-one Andrew, and forty-four Finches. So I'm trying to stick up for you. What I'm saying is, you've not bowled someone that extra over, and they've gone for a, a thirty. No, no. Well, I... you know when you watch T20 now, they th- they throw all sort of, in middle in middle of innings, they throw all sorts of guff down, don't they? Um, yeah. You know, part time spinners and stuff, and 
batters' eyes light up and they get wickets because batters trying to whack them into the middle of next week. We never did any of that. We stuck with our regimented five bowlers, who were the five best bowlers that we had available, five best bowlers that we had in the club. Yeah. But it didn't work and we lost. Yeah, so we, we, we move on from that. So, Stuart, so you've, you've, you've scored in that game on, in 2005. What Did you score, you know, for many years after that? When were you, what were you, your record of scoring around that late 2000s? Uh, yeah, all, for pretty much first team all the way to the end of the, uh, the decade. Brilliant. Oh, There's some stories about that. Yeah, another one actually uh, involving Dooch and T20. Positive right. one though this time, Dooch. You're uh, you're 62. I think 26. I think it was against Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, another losing cause though, unfortunately. <laughs> what yeah. year was that? Not your... 2008, 2009, something like that, maybe. We had a sub pro, I think. Yeah, 2009, Dooch. We had Theodoropoulos as a sub pro. Theodoropoulos, I can I can only remember him very briefly, but he did he sub pro in a few games for us, didn't he, Dooch? Yeah. yeah, that that was the year when we we didn't have a pro at all. I don't think did we two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, no, no. Yeah, no. you're right. No. So we had we had subs we had subs all year. We we had uh, yeah, we had a bit Ian, of a a motley crew. Yeah, Ian Butler did the yeah, second half. Yeah, yeah, we had Butler. Yeah, eight Ian Butler, Theo, Carl Sandry did a few games. Yeah, yeah. The difficult seasons then when you don't have a when you don't have a pro. I mean, I don't really know how you're supposed to get any kind of rhythm going when you don't know who's turning up week week to week. But Theo was a good lad. Yeah. He just didn't really do much for us on the field, unfortunately. Stuart, so you're scoring through all that period. You know, we're chatting here about pros. What are your memories and, you know, good pros that you've watched and, you know, any stories about them? What can you tell us about those? Uh, well, from, yeah, from that period after we won the league, easily the, the best pro was Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Harris. Yeah, can you remember? He was your any... favourite, was he? Yeah, absolute star. He was... You know, he, when he was a young lad, when he first came over, he'd run through brick walls for us. Um, he was very, very competitive and trying to push the best out of, you know, out of the amateurs. Can you remember much about him in the bar and, and around his social, you know, his social skills and getting the team together and the club? Yeah, he just kept uh, everyone's spirits up. Loved his food. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, know- he was stop behind for a few takeaways, and he'd have like pizza and chicken <laughs> every all the time. Uh, we'll have to get him to listen to this now. <laughs> so Ryan, obviously, you know, a fantastic batter and bowler. What about any opposition pros that you've that you've scored that have played against us? Can you, you know, give us a few stories about how um, you know how they played against us? Well, obviously, recent times we've um, had to come up against Schmidt. We can't. Yeah. We just cannot get out at all, no. like a robot. Yeah, <laughs> is that because he's a great player, or because he's uh, you know he understands the league very well and uh, and how the league plays? Well, maybe a bit of both, I think. But he definitely made he definitely made a difference in those games. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And like you know, we, we've said in an old credit, you understand the league, you understand the umpires, you understand the spectators. It's it goes a long way. Hey, what about in the early days? Can you remember any of the pros, you know, in that late two thousands that uh, that played against us? Any games that, that spring spring out to you? Um, Shannon Stewart, East Lanks. It's one yeah, I remember. he was a good player. Yeah, Kiwi. Didn't he get? No, it wasn't him that got banned, was it? It was someone else, I think. A pro. Uh, yeah, Lou Vincent. Oh, then Lou Vincent. Yeah, Pinchy took a great catch off him. Who got who you on about? Who got banned, Stu? Banned for what? Um, oh, you mean you mean internationally? You mean all oh, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. It was Vincent got banned for um, yeah match fixing, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's the one. It, who did yeah. he pro for? Did he pro for Rottenstall or Rami? Rami. Yeah, we also played against him in interleague cup. I think he played for Middleton when we played against him in uh, Intertoto right. Cup. Jez, I've, this is might be a bit of an odd question, I guess, but when sometimes when we you know, in probably 2016 kind of time, when we played against Smith, we yeah. frequently, well, every game, we must have played them about four times that year. We played them in the Lancashire Cup and in the Worsley Cup and obviously in the league twice. And we had no idea, we had no real kind of plan of how we were going to get him out. 
it was it, it was bizarre. Did you ever come up against a pro like that? Yeah, Peter Sleep. Really, he was a good player, yeah. Peter Sleep, weren't he? Yeah, and he was. I think you know, I've, I've not played against Smith. I've watched him quite a bit. I think Sleep was a better technical batter than Smith. You know, certainly as you know, international and and state cricket in Australia. But I think Smith was a little bit smarter in the way that he plays his games. But I know what you're saying, and it's maybe something that, you know, the, the team manager or the one of the selectors of the first team should start having a look at. Uh, for, <laughs> you know, joking apart, that sleep, if, if you've got a plan, and our plan at the time was, and we had, I'm just trying to think who we'd have had as, as pros around that time. I think Prabhaka was one. Mansour could have been one. And we would say, right, OK, this bloke can move. He can he can take a ball from two inches outside off stump and hit it through mid-on or, or quite a straight mid-wicket if you've no fielder there. So what we would plan to do is let's bowl five inches outside off stump and a good length and put your extra cover in as well as your cover and a battle point and, and just leave that mid-wicket vacant free. But it was they're that good. The good players, they do, they won't take you on because they know that you can't bowl six, six and over there. They know that you're at best going to bowl four, and they will just make sure those other two balls they get at least, you know, in the first twenty overs that they get, a f- you know, four runs off them, and then in the last thirty overs they get ten off them. <laughs> in one of the in one of the games, maybe a year ago, uh, we got Smith run out run him out. So me, me and Pat had a discussion in about the next set of games that we're going to play and how we might be able to get him run out. <laughs> You're clutching at straws a bit, aren't you? If you play bowling for run out. I mean, yeah. I mean, in last, in the COVID season, we actually got him, we actually got him out, caught behind, off Paddy. Yeah. And we were as surprised as anyone, but, yeah, I can remember having that conversation and you know, thinking, right, well, yeah. we can't we, they won't give him out LBW. He rarely nicks off. Let's see if we can get him run out. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least what I would say there, Joe, is at least you've, you're thinking about a bit of a plan. And I know Dooch will, will say this, and I, you know, it's very much tongue in cheek, but the worst thing you could do in going to anything, not in any sport, knowing that someone is better than you or the team is better than you, and just almost giving up, because it, mm. you know, that, that doesn't work, whether it's starving them of strike, whether it's, you know, get your biggest gobshite in your side, wound up before the game, to get into his ribs as early as possible, what have you got to lose? You know, you know whether it is to get the amateurs, you know, the, the, the Rami amateurs riled up around it, anything like that, anything. Mm. But at the end of the day, Joe, if if they are that much better and they can do those sort of, you know, those sort of tactics where they can move the field and move the ball around, you've got to hold your hands up, but you can't go in without a plan. No, no, agreed. Completely agreed. And I'm sure you do go in with a plan, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have no bearing on the tactics, Jess. I just stand behind and catch it. (laughs) Well, sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, yeah, to be fair, it's, I mean, it's a really interesting, a really interesting discussion in as much as, you know, the, the pros like that will try and dictate the whole game. So they will mm. work out, they, they've got their own plan, probably with the help of two or three of their own players. If they're batting first, they're going to do this. And if they're batting second, they're going to do the other. And that completely dictates how, how your game is. You know, if sometimes it, you know, it might be as well to lose a toss and they've said, right, it's a decent track here. Martin Van Yarsson used to say this to us, look, it's a decent track. If we bowl in this way, restrict them to 220 or 240, which was massive going back then, Martin would say, I'll get them. I will get right. 100, you know, 100, 120 in the 50 overs, not going mental and we'll win the game. You know, so he's trying to understand there. Their their man, mentality as to how um, how they're thinking about the game and you know and, and just restricting it, trying to keep it as you know in your favour do as much as possible that they wouldn't want you to do. Well, it's funny, you know, it's funny you should say that, Jez and Dooch, I think will be able to back me up. But in Francois's first season 
I mean, he was a great professional anyway, Francois. But in Francois' first season, if we got anything above 160, 170, I would say that we would back Francois to defend it. Yeah. And if he had yeah. to bottle 25 overs, he would defend it. I don't know if Dooch yeah. would agree with me on that. but Well, I think it was the year after that when, when we not conceded over 130 or something like that yeah, in the vast yeah. majority in the vast majority of games not not every game but in the vast, vast majority of games we kept sides to, to below 130 so <clears throat> I, I just just going back to the approach to games I, that's like one of the things that most attracted me to captaincy that you know there are so many yeah. different ways that you can shape a, a game and come up with uh, ideas to combat a particular side or one day you'll do it that way and one day you'll do it that way um I think it's like unique about cricket in it that the team on yeah. the field is solely in charge of what of what the direction they're going in. You know, yeah. there's no manager pulling the strings. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly right, and it does. I mean, Stuart. So you, if you can picture things when you, you know, <laughs> first playing, and I was playing, and you were watching us or in the second team. Have you noticed? You know, what sort of change have you noticed around the amateur amateur players and the and the setup of the club around the cricket side. Have you noticed anything there? Oh yeah, the our setup has changed dramatically since I first joined. Right. The facilities we've got now, proper proper nets, proper clubhouse. Yeah. And even that's going to be improved in the future. Yeah. I think it's fair to say the way that the players go about it as well. You know, they are. You know, they are. I mean, I don't know if I you know you watch lots of cricket, Stuart. But I found it really interesting in this this series that England are currently playing in Sri Lanka. How the you know the the pundits are talking about England and about how they've got this massive will to improve. You know, it's it, starting from Anderson and, and all the players. They all want to improve. I know we're you know they're all amateurs, and it doesn't matter if it's football or, or cricket. But it does make you look. You know, is that something that all amateur clubs look at? You know, is it something that Right, we did this last year. We want to improve that extra two percent. You know, food for thought, really, Dooch. I think for uh, yeah, well, yeah, on our hands. Yeah, just about mentality in it, and about it's easy to do it when things are going well in it to make sure that everybody's yeah doing absolutely everything that they should be. But it's when it's not going quite as well that those are yeah. it's more difficult to yeah. maintain that talked about momentum yeah. a million times I'm not going to go over it again but when when things are going well it is a lot easier to have everybody firing it absolutely yeah. 100% yeah it is without a doubt it is and and, they, and they, those sort of things will sort themselves out I think it's when you know when it's not when you've got that one person it doesn't matter who it is you know I've spoke to Ben about this it doesn't matter whether it's someone who screams and shouts or it's Joe Martin who takes you know, takes a grip of something and says, right, I'm going to change this now and just do something different. You know, that's why Frankie was so good at what he did. But anyway, Stu, so back to you. We, we, we talked about the dressing room and the mentality and the attitude that in there. You know, you've been in the dressing room with us so many times and, and we've had so many good laughs. What's, uh, what's your underlying memories of being in that dressing room and, and the banter and the, the sad times and, the you know, the tears and the really happy times? Most of the... Uh... Conversation seems to be led by uh, Johnny Whitehead. Not only yeah. barely, barely any bit intelligent, <laughs> maybe, maybe none of it intelligent. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you, Stu. I think you're right there. But he is a funny lad, Stuart. Oh, yeah, no denying that. He is. What's the sort of stuff he comes out with? Well, there was one game at uh, yeah, Ramsbottom, I think we won. I went into a changing room with a book. He wanted to have a look, see how many balls his non was off. Do you remember that? Do you remember <laughs> that, Joe? How many my non get off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. How many my non get off? Stuart, say it like, what did he say? How many my non get off? It was. Jez, the thing is, Johnny frequently, I always, uh, we always laugh with Johnny. Well, I do anyway, because he likes to abbreviate, abbreviate things to make it quicker so he can just sort of carry on talking. We were, right. we were once organising the end of season do, which, Stuart, you came on. 
yeah. when we went paintballing. Yeah. So we were going paintballing, Jez, and and we, Stu will discuss the paintballing because we, we we need to get some things out in the open. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, Johnny, so we were discussing what we're going to take for lunch. I was saying, you know, you can take your own or you can buy something there. He went, are you going to get a pot of ticker packed? <laughs> That's what, he, he said that about three times. I'm just going to get a pot. I'm not taking a pact. <laughs> and anyway... Pot noodle, I think you were trying to say. Pot noodle and packed lunch. <laughs> but he just kept saying it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm getting a pot. not taking a pact. <laughs> what, um, what do you want to get off your chest about paintballing? So, Stu, I can't remember if you were on my team, but I think you were. Uh, possibly yes. I think we had the red kind of yeah. stripes on it. You tell me. You tell me what happened at paintballing, and then I'll tell them what happened at paintballing. <laughs> uh, well, I can remember. I think it was about halfway through. I think I went onto the bridge and got shot out of, out of the game. So the way it went to the, uh, I think the final stage, I took cover behind the bush, and then to use up just to use up my ammo, I got. Got rid of it all in the final 10 seconds. But prior to that, Jez, you could respawn. So if you so if you got shot, you could go to you had to walk to a place and then and then come back and, and respawn. And then you could just go in again and, and carry on. So we were we weren't doing very well. I think Fran Dooch, you were there with Francois. Dooch, I think you might have been on my team as well. But Francois was on the other team. He'd he'd torn his hamstring so I couldn't move. Um, or do anything. So Francois was going across, get going across the bridge, as a kind of well, not like a decoy, but as a kind of block to let people go. And he just kept shouting, "Cover, cover me, cover me!" And just people just get getting peppered in his chest. But but Stu got shot, and so we were all kind. Of, and so he went to respawn, and we were trying to, um, you know, capture the tank or bridge or flag or whatever it was. And I got and I got and I got shot and Hawkey got shot. So we went to respawn and, and Stu was stood next was stood next to respawn point respawn point, not just hiding behind it. So we didn't have to go back in and get yeah, shot again. So we didn't have to go back in and get shot. <laughs> you remember that? Do you remember that? Stu? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's true. And you didn't get shot, did you? <laughs> no, not again. Stuart, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just kind of stopped me in my tracks and started laughing. Oh, it was a good day, that. And what, what did we do afterwards? I uh, went to Rose Grove. <laughs> oh, yeah, Charlie. Charlie wanted to go to Rose Grove Unity, didn't he? <laughs> so we went, we went, Charlie got his own way and we went to Rose Grove Unity and played dominoes. Really? I think they actually left to went going town because Chaz was not impressed yeah. with going to Rose Grove. Uh, and I was playing dominoes and cards with Dooch. Um, and, you know, it's well documented, Jess. I'm a bit tight with my money. I don't, you know, <laughs> not expansive. But I kept playing. And Dooch kept saying to me, it's the luck of the draw. At some point, you will win. I did not win a hand <laughs> all, all night. <laughs> no point did I win. And Dooch walked out with fucking full of <laughs> Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in practice, you're just kind of like giving people tips as they were walking out. <laughs> oh, and you came on another end of season, uh, do Stu, to um, Manchester. Yeah, year after. Year after, yeah, went to the dogs. Oh, that was a waste of time, the dogs. Oh, I had a good time. Although you, you, you did well. Yeah, I did, I did very well. <laughs> you found you found your uh, calling, didn't you, Joe? I did, absolutely. I'm Bowers. Probably because you took all the wins. Well, I'm banned. I was banned. I was banned for the next few years going to um, going to Bellevue because yeah, I, I had such a good day. Um, How much did you win, Joe? Uh, I think you're about four hundred quid. Nice one. Out of so out of the kitty that we that we had, we divided yeah. it all up. Everybody had a everybody had a hundred quid each. Say, right. I, I got four hundred quid. Went into town, and the yeah. uh, and I'm not a. I'm not a big night club person <laughs> or, you know, going to bars or anything like that. And they... And? So we went. What we, and, and what we need to edit now is bought a prostitute. No. <laughs> 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 but, 
No, that was the week after. Um, <laughs> uh, no, um, and so I thought, well, I've got, I've got four, I've got four hundred quid on me. That's going to be dangerous. As soon as I go in anywhere, and you know, I'll just get attacked. Hello, and it'll just be <laughs> straight across. So we, um, I went to the. Uh, this was about half past ten. Went to one of the pubs or nightclub, whatever it was, and uh, oh, all my friends are in here. Do you have any ID? And I thought, I, I do, yeah, but I'm not showing it yet. <laughs> I went, no, no, I don't, sorry. And I went on, got a lift home off my dad. <laughs> what a party animal you are. 400 quid in his wallet, Jez, and he rang his dad to come and pick him up and take him home. Yeah. Come on. I think I bought him a coffee. <laughs> Didn't even buy lads a drink. I, I went on, I couldn't get in. Convenient. <laughs> Convenient. So we're looking at, uh, you know, all that, you know, from your scoring days and then all your watching days. You know, it's no secret, Stu, I sent you a few questions over the last couple of days because I just want to go through. You've been at the club for all these years. I just want you to, to talk us through a few you know, of the of your memories and the top players that have been down there. So, in your opinion, and just give us a reason why, who was the best amateur batsman that has played at Lower House? I think, yeah, I think based on the pure talent, is yeah. Johnny Whitehead. Right. Oh, that's a bit of a surprise. Right. Well, good shout. Good shout, Stu. Great player, Johnny. Yeah, without if, a doubt. Has he, you to, has he paid you to say that? Has he... No, I've not spoken to him at all. He's going to get him a pot next time he sees him. Yeah. All right. So I, I understand what you're saying in as much as, you know, ability and, and the way he scores his runs. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just being a bit mischief-making here. But Blaise has done it for a long, long, long time. You know, Blaise yeah. has... No, overall, Blaise is uh, at the top. Right, so you're saying on you know on, on eye-catching ability, Johnny Whitehead is better than Blaise. Yeah, if you want to put it like that. But right. overall, over, overall right. Blaise is the, is the more accomplished batsman. Right, brilliant. Right. right, okay. But Johnny Whitehead, you know, as far as talent goes, has got uh, has got that extra little bit of talent. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, I like it. Right, the best amateur bowler, Laura. Well, yeah, there's been a few. Uh, Johnny Russell is right up there. But I think, yeah, I'm going to give another uh, swerve here. And I'm going to say Finchie. Right, nice one. And why Finchie? What, uh, is, it, is it down to his heart and his determination? Yeah, he seems to uh, always be involved in the, uh, the big moments. Right, oh, that's, uh, that's an interesting choice. He could certainly bowl... You know, the away swing, in swing, and he can, you know, he can, he can both seem. He's got a great slow ball. I'll come back to the two Joes that, you know, can can ask you a few questions around some of your answers towards the end. Who's the best pro at low, who's played for Law House batsman that you've, you've, uh, that you've come across? Best pro batsman, I'd have to say Frankie. Frank Entwistle. <laughs> Our our South African friend, right, Francois. Go on. So, what what makes you say that? He just seems to understand. Yeah, something we touched on before. He seemed to understand the game situation and what was required, rather than just going out there and uh, trying to get get at everything straight straight away. All right. So I will. I mean, I don't know. You want to see a, a, a lot of him at all. Um, did you see Van Yorsel play at all? I did see bits of him, yeah. Right, so, and Frankie's, do you think Frankie's performance is bet- better than his from what you're, from your, your point of view? I, was, I would say so, yeah, I'd say he pips him. Right. So we'll move on from, um, so who's the best pro bowler? For uh, I'd, say, I'd probably say Ryan. I've never yeah. seen someone hit the deck so hard. Yeah. I've frightened so many batsmen. Yeah, yeah. Were there any games that stick out in your mind? I think there was maybe it started at 2006 season. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who we played. I think it was at home. He was just like, he just ran, I think he just ran through him. Yeah. I got a five or a, for a six, but 
Yeah, it was. And he's, Ma- and he's, Marty, been, Marty Binaki or someone like that. And his attitude was absolutely you know, first class, second to none. Who is the best amateur bowler that you've watched in the first team at Lancashire League that's played against Law House? Well, I suppose we in this uh, we have to... There's, um, there's Dibba at, at Aki. He's always been pretty solid. Uh, Roscoe. Yeah, yeah. Great, yeah, great. Great bowler's got lots of wickets. If you had to pick between the two, Stu, what would you say? I'd say Dibba. Dibba. Just, yeah. con- just consistent. Yeah, absolutely. I think it has, it's the type of wickets they play on, you know, bowlers like that. And there's been a dozen in the league that I've known or played against. The pros don't have no time for them. There's no respect for them. But they're not playing on first-class wickets. Yeah, and, of course. You know, Circumstances are different, the grounds are different, and and that's why they, they can do what they can do, and they're very good at it, you know. So it's uh, it must have been so difficult playing against against Ormrod at Baycup, Jess, because you know they've got the they've got the slope, haven't they? That you know lend itself to this like in swing, and it's always cold, <laughs> so you know it's difficult to get you know really hard wickets. I don't know what it was like in the nineties and early two thousands, but it's hard yeah, it to get still- really hard wickets and stuff. Yeah, it was still cold, Joe, then. <laughs> yeah. And he also had a chap behind stumps, you know, they, they knew each other exactly what it what they were going to bowl. No, they see all credit, you know, real talent. They worked hard at the game and it's, uh, you know, they deserve what they got. So, um, Stuart, best pro batsman? Well, we've already mentioned him, uh, Schmidt. So he's the... Uh, He's the best you've ever seen. He's, you know, I mean, he's not dynamic, is he? He's not someone who will go out there and, you know, and, and and get under an eighty, you know, like some of the other pros. But you really rate him. Yeah, he just know he just knows what he's doing. Yeah, is he back this year, Ramet? Yeah, uh, yeah, he lives here. What, in West End room. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody has that privilege, Jess. <laughs> no. no, I see you've moved some pictures around in there. Yeah, I've put some of my own paintings up. I've been doing oil oil this week, watercolour next week. Right, Stu, there's no other real questions around the you know, the cricketing side. And, and I'm sure you've 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 had a good thing before you came on or anything. We talk about the dafters person, but I think you mentioned anyone dafter than Frank? Uh yeah, I think probably Johnny. What is dafter than Frank? Yeah. Cracky, that is, is some accurate. Well, he doesn't really have an off button, does he, Joe? No, he different didn't. kinds of daft. The yeah. Different kinds of daft. Johnny's all about his audience. Yeah, very much. Like enough. a performing chimpanzee, whereas Frank is just, he'd be as daft as he was, whether there'd be an audience there or not. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Stuart, I'm, I'm sorry to bring this up, but I want to go back to that game when you went to the wrong ground. <laughs> yeah. You know, I when you got that to, game. When you got to Colm, what did you do? Um, I'll just. Sat outside waiting for people to turn up, but no, but all to... right, yeah. But then when you realize you're at wrong ground, what, do you, what, what did you do then? Who did you ring? Um, how did that conversation might been, go? Might have been Stan, I think. <laughs> Stan, I'm sorry, I've come to wrong ground, something along those lines. Oh, no, I think I think he rang me, that's where I was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't cough, you waited, you waited, you waited to be rumbled, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was it, did you ever think about how quickly can I get to Tomadon from Colne or, or not? No, I decided to go home. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that, that that, so Stan rang you, Stuart. Was he annoyed at you? Uh, yeah, I think I think he did. He had a bit of a bit of a rant. <laughs> really? And you gone to call? You gone to call not bus, haven't you? Have you got a return ticket? No, one way. I would have got a lift back after. I would have got a lift back after the game. Oh, from Stuart. the players, of course. Yeah. Oh, Stewie. Oh, no. oh well. well. I don't. I don't know if we've. You know that Stan's telling you off, Stuart, because there is a, a story about Stan not coming to a game. Have we? Have we mentioned this on here? Uh, you might have done. When? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell the story just in case, because it's not just your fault, Stuart. Stan's done this as well. And if if we have told it before, then we've told it before. Matt were captain. And it was the games, the season when we were trying to get a lot more professional and trying, they were playing replay games and trying to get there as early as we could. None of us had mobile phones. And Stan, I think it was a quarter past one start, was not there at five to one. 
he hadn't turned up at, at one o'clock. So Matt had to go to the clubhouse and ring him from the payphone to Stan's landline. Stan rang, uh, Matt rang Stan and Matt said, Stan, where are you? <laughs> and Stan said, I'm at home. He said, well, what are you doing at home? He said, well, I've just finished my dinner. I'm just thinking about cut, cutting the back lawn. <laughs> so Matt says, we've got a game. Stan said, no, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, we have. It's a rearranged game from such and such. Stan just said, oh, fuck me, I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> so he can't have a pop, Stuart. He's done exactly the same. Stuart, is there anything else you want to bring up? Anything else you want to talk about, about the town down at Law House and, and everything else? Uh, yeah, this is uh, the um, the 2012 Wesley Cup final. Right, tell us what, tell us about that. What happened there? Uh, so yeah, um, we got we got there after breakfast at Sycamore Farm. Right, okay. Um, we, we had our pre-game uh, football. And there was, I went for a sliding uh, challenge on. I think it was on Ben Ape. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I it was. I was, it was very wet. It was very wet. Yeah. I was wet raining all I nearly, morning. I nearly took him out to the final. I don't really know. I think I stayed away from him. <laughs> and of course, then you were stuck with your wet jeans on for the rest of the day. Yeah. But you played football with us all the time, Stu, didn't you? Yeah. Portrait times. Portrait. You're ter- terrible at it, Stu, if you don't mind me, uh, if you don't mind me saying. Only you're only uh, second to Francois in terms of uh, <laughs> awful footballers. That's really oh, where was dear. that? Two thousand and twelve final. Was that church? Church, mm. yeah. Mm. We yeah. were we had we had two pros there that day, Jez. Yeah, Dale Deeb. Dale Deed was official 12th man. Yep, in case Francois back. Didn't hold I, didn't no, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, thankfully it did. I think he took the last wicket right. in his shoe. He did. Mm. Right, brilliant. Right, Stu, is there any other stories you want to tell us? Because that was classic, that, and taking out our, um, our number one opening batsman. Yeah, you, well, you, I think you mentioned it on uh, Frankie's podcast. Uh, how I got him lost in uh, Rotten Stall. Oh, I remember about that. It's a good story. Good story. Tell us what really happened. Well, I thought I was taking him the right way. And then we we weren't quite sure we were. I think uh, Stanley Stanley rang him saying, where are you? I'm with Stuart. Where? In Rotten Stall. What are you doing there? (laughs) (laughs) You're meant to be playing Aslington. I think uh, Paul Stanley told us he rang he rang Francois and there were that's when he'd spoken to but he'd rang you as well, Stu, if you can remember. Yeah. And he said and he asked, and if I say to you what he said, Stuart, where are you? Can you remember what you said? No. I'm in Francois's car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean what an answer. Brilliant. <laughs> I just thought I can remember the way from uh, previous years. But right. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a there was another incident. I don't know if you can remember. A game got called off in Corbus's year, Stewie. Yeah. Um, and it was pouring down with rain, and you'd started to walk. You'd started to walk home. Uh, and I was in Corbus's car. We went to pick. And we, we were going, I can't remember where we were going. So we we saw Stuart walking, so we gave him a lift. And neither of us knew where Stuart lived. So he said, Stuart, can you just direct us to where you need to go? So we drove out of the club towards Liverpool Road. He said, right, which way are we going, Stu? And he went, right. So we indicated to go right. Right, you need to go right. Right. <laughs> you need to go right. So we turned right. He went, this is the wrong way. He said, turn right. He went, no, I meant left. <laughs> what a prankster! <laughs> oh. And we just kind of looked and went, 
Right. <laughs> so direction, Stu, maybe isn't isn't our oh. forte. No. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. That is great. <laughs> that is a, oh. a top podcast. You have really enjoyed that. Have you any other little anecdotes before we finish? Um, no, I think that's uh, that's it. No. Thanks. So look forward to April or May or whenever it's going to be. We can grab a pint when you're not working and uh, have a good reminisce. Stuart, any last words before we go? No, I'll just say it's uh, been a pleasure to uh, speak to you all again. Lovely. In a, in a few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, that's been, uh, it's been fantastic. So thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Housecast and uh, thanks, Stuart. Up the house. Send more house to save the house.